Hello and welcome to the Keep Going Podcast with Bishop S.Y. Younger. We invite you to share and subscribe. Be sure to follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus. The doors were shut and he stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, reach right here with your finger and behold my hands. And reach right here in my hand and thrust it into my side and don't be faithless, but believe it. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. All of God's people said amen. amen. Y'all be seated. Um, really, uh, and I always say I'm not going to be before you long. I understand it's Sunday morning, so I really won't be before you long. Thank you, sister. <laughs> I just want us to have an honest conversation. And this message is a declarative statement. I want you to share this with the person near you and tell them, I need to see something. You know, there are many signs concerning the last days. Many signs. The Bible says people would be... Uh, Lovers of themselves, hedonistic, all about themselves. You have to be careful because when we say these things, we quickly look at the world. But when Apostle Paul is talking about the end times and he's making references and Peter does, it's really a reference to the church that we would have a Greco-hedonistic culture within the church. So it even seems like if you're going to stimulate the people, and if you're going to get people committed, you must center it totally around them. Where people cannot serve in a capacity unless they're over it. They won't volunteer unless their name is on it. Right. That's kind of self-centered. When we eclipse someone's testimony with I'm next. I mean, it's okay to say you're next, but make sure that you are genuinely happy for somebody without making it about you. I don't ever have to be next in doing what you're doing for me to celebrate you. Because you have to realize there's a, there's a dark underbelly to some of the things we say. That sounds spiritual, but on the inside of it is very self, self-centered. And we end up accommodating, we end up accommodating our egos in worship. 
in our church culture. And Paul says this would be a sign of the last days. Another sign of the last days, he said it would be, is that people would be disrespectful to parents. And I know we sit on an all-time high. I was raised with a mother that without having children's church, we didn't have clowns or puppets when I was growing up in church, but we would sit through a three-hour church service and she controlled me with her eyes. Well, some of these kids, if you look at them, they look back at you. We, when we were growing up, whatever they put on the table is what you ate. I've never heard of so many allergies that kids have now. Kids are allergic to everything. Maybe we were and we just didn't know it. I mean, we have, you have now some of you, you parents, y'all stop at three or four different restaurants at home to accommodate the epicurious taste of all of your children. Mm, when they ain't paying no bills. Well, they, they made good grades. They supposed to. Come on, somebody. But this, this disrespect and dishonor does not just go to natural parents, but it's also to spiritual parents. Something has happened. There is something that has hindered revival, and I don't think we have um, examined it close enough. When we talk about what has hindered revival, we come up with a lot of different things. But I think one of the main things that have hindered moves of God in our local churches and in the body of Christ as a whole is the spirit of familiarity. I know y'all want to talk about adultery, but there's always been adultery. <laughs> I know y'all want to talk about these other things, greed, but there's always been greed. But, but this, we're in a culture where we're so overexposed to each other's lives where we don't even respect each other anymore. There's no, there's no honor culture like it was supposed to. And this is why when we were growing up in church, we, we called each other sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. This is why in our churches we call our pastors, you know, he's not mad if we said one, but I need to call him Pastor One. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be one of the coolest pastors you ever met. He got the blood of Jesus on his feet. But I need to call him Pastor Juan. It's really not for him, it's for me. Because I need to remind myself, as chill as he is, and as approachable he is, I need to make sure I don't get so close to his humanity that I disrespect his divinity. Because at the end of the day, he don't have to invite me to his house. He don't have to take me to Starbucks. I don't have to be his BFF. I need him to be my prophet. And everybody that wants to be close to leadership can't handle it. I know I'm not in pastor circle. You may not be anointed for it. See, see, some of the armor bearers to the leader never carries his Bible. Some of the God's real armor bearers for their leaders are people who get up in the middle of the night and intercede without having all the information. I ain't got no help here. Y'all done shut down on me now. I'm talking, I need to know do I got anybody here that you can shout at your pastor tell him, I got your back for real. I'm too much of a Peter to ever be a Judas. 
I'd rather pastor rebuke me because I'll cut your ear off. Why? Because my prosperity is locked into the mouth of the prophet. See, if you ever find your prophet and you'll find your place, if you find your place, you'll find your prosperity. I see, now listen, I see some of y'all that shut down on me because you feel like you don't need a church and I don't need a pastor. I'll come when I want to and I'll show up when I feel like it. But at the end of the day, the Bible says if you believe God, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, if you believe God, you'll be established. But if you ever want to prosper, you got to believe his prophets. And some of us have become so familiar with leaders that we disrespect not just the leader, but you end up disrespecting your destiny. And that's why I believe in holy distance. <laughs> Proximity that I can handle. Whew. Hallelujah. Proximity that I can handle. So, you see, we see this as a sign of the last days. Where people will support their pastor in a service. They preach pastor and then have the pastor for lunch on the menu after church. That's dangerous. When we were growing up in church, they would say, listen, if you don't understand, just pray. <laughs> Let God handle her. Let God handle him. These are signs of like, okay, I'm always ready to pass my time. I'm meant to be over by now. Uh, take this Bible and I'll, I'll go. So these are signs of the last days. All right. Hedonistic culture. Disrespect to authority. And then this is what it says. In the last days, many shall depart from the, the faith. Now, R.C., the challenge with this is we would think that's not the time we're living in because church is more marketable than it's ever been. I mean, especially from where I'm from, you know. We cooled our churches by air units, you know, and, and funeral home fans with Martin Luther King on, <laughs> you know, we didn't have liturgical, you know, it, it was kind of limited in what you could do in church, right? You got to say you was either a preacher or you sung in the choir or be on an airship boy. We didn't have no greeters. The usher said, come on in here, sit down. <laughs> you need an envelope? You should have got one when you came in. It's kind of limited. Now we got liturgical dancers. You know, we didn't need any screens. Because all of our songs were one lines. Have you tried Jesus? Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Yeah, all right, you know. Unless y'all were down the street and y'all had that red hymn book, the National Baptist hymn, no? You knew all the words, but you still said, as I journey through this land, singing as I go. But now we got screens. We got multimedia facets. We have a multiplicity of ministry portals and, and uh, prophetic classes and courses. So it doesn't make sense to say this is the time where the Bible says many should depart from the faith because we have all of these things. But listen, it didn't say many would depart from the church. It says many would depart from the faith. 
And I'm about to say something that some of you may get offended by because you may think I'm lying when I say this. But don't you realize there are a lot of people who still do this, but they don't believe in it? We got musicians that play for good services, but they don't believe in this anymore. We got preachers who preach, but they don't believe in this anymore. I need you to scream at somebody if it's your truth. Tell them, I still believe in it. A whole lot of stuff has happened from the time I got saved. I have messed up more times than I can count, but at the end of the day, I still believe in it. Preachers have fallen, churches have closed, but I still believe. Because I had an experience that went beyond a church service. I had an experience that went beyond a preacher. If the preacher walk away, I'm going to still be in it because I still believe. Many will depart from the faith. And some of us end up going to church on autopilot. We become cultural Christians. Well, we just go through the motion because we've always done it. And some of us serve out of obligation. No passion connected to it anymore. So we're checking boxes. I know I'm preaching in here today. So we're checking boxes. But something has happened. Where's the light that used to be in your eyes? Now you say stuff like, I got to go to Bible study. I got to go to church. I got to go to rehearsal. When it's not I got to, I, I get to. How are we going to be passionate about bringing people to church when it seems like it's a grievous obligation to us? But guess what? I don't want to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. And I don't want you to think this is a moment where I'm beating you up. I get it. No, no. You had a preacher. I get it. John chapter 20. Jesus says, Jesus says, tells them, listen, I'm going to die. Destroy this temple. <laughs> but in three days, I'm going to raise it up. I'm going to raise it up. But when Jesus finds the disciples, they're hiding. Because situations can make you forget what you heard. I'm going to my seat. Situations, come on. I, I, know, I know it's easy for us to throw scriptures at people. But the truth is when real life hits you, It'll make you forget all your training. It'll make you forget all the scriptures. And that's why there are moments that we need to learn the power of presence. We always try to fix people's situations. We always try to talk people through situations. When my family member die, don't come quoting a bunch of scriptures to me. I already know them. Well, you know weeping man. Yeah, joy come in the morning. But right now I'm at weeping. Well, you know to be absent from, I know to be present with the Lord, but right now I'm feeling the absence. And I think we missed the part where the Bible says Jesus was acquainted with grief. But it's our desire to be fixers and heroes that we look over people in that moment and how to minister to their healing. Yeah, they forgot what they heard. But here comes Jesus in the midst of them. Oh my goodness. It's Jesus. It's 
she's, I don't have time to go through the whole text, so I'll, I'm going to cut through the grass. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Wow, it's Jesus. Huh. Wow. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. So glad to have you back. We were scared to death. We knew they were coming for us next. Jesus. And all of a sudden, later, here comes Thomas. Thomas! You're not going to believe this. Jesus just stopped by. Um, don't do this. What you talking about? It was, don't do this. Jesus, the one they crucified. He says, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it. And, and for years, we have trashed Thomas for that statement. Because it's easy for us to trash people publicly for what we struggle with privately. And I don't care how many scriptures you know. And I don't care how much you can prophesy, how much you can shout, how much you can dance. There are moments in your life where you just don't know. You know he can do it, but you're wondering, will he do it? And if he does, go, if he is going to do it, I'm wondering, will he do it for me? So Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it. And before you judge Thomas, you've got to consider what Thomas saw. We are ministering to a Thomas generation. Before you judge them, you got to consider they watched their parents get divorced, something that was never supposed to happen. They watched their pastor walk away, something they thought would never happen. They watched people they depended on and leaned on and we watched them crucified. What happens when the strong suffers? And if God didn't come through for him, what makes me think God is going to come through for me? See, you haven't worshipped God for real, for real, until you've been disappointed by God. I'm going to get out of here because y'all sacking like I'm saying a cuss word. You hear me? Anybody in here other than me have been in moments where you felt disappointed by God. You didn't say it out loud because God is too holy and you don't want to be disrespectful. But I felt some kind of way. Y'all told me to pray and I pray. You told me to fast and I fast. I put anointing oil on my grandmother's head and she still died. And you haven't worshipped God until you have to lift up your hands at a funeral with tears coming down your face saying the Lord give it. And the Lord take it away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I dare somebody to lift up your hands and praise God for what didn't work out. Worship God for the prayer that he answered but not like you wanted him to do it. Listen, now I'm finding a real worship. I dare somebody to open up their mouth and say though you slay me yet well I don't know what you're doing but yet will I trust you I know a lot but I'm at a season of my life I don't know but I praise you in the middle I praise you while it's pending I worship you while I'm trying to feel my way I need to see something I'm sorry I know y'all all hyped but before before I do anything else, God, I'm at a place in my life. I need to, I need to know this is going to work. Because this ain't my first church. 
This ain't, this ain't against you, Pastor Juan. I mean, I love y'all, and y'all look cute on the flyer, but the last time I trusted a pastor. No, no, no. I know y'all trying to be my friend, and, and y'all think I'm real friends with you, but you're really not associated with my person. You're only associated with my presentation because I haven't let you get close enough. It, trust me, it ain't you, it's, it's me. I need to see something. Y'all call me strong, but I may not be as strong as you think I am. And I don't know if I can take another disappointment. I don't know if I can take another blow. I didn't come to preach to everybody. I come to preach to somebody where your faith has been in a fragile place. Before I, I'm not jumping up on the hype with everybody. I need to. Because you don't. Because I saw him. Close me out. I saw him. I saw him. I didn't get close, but I saw I was close enough to watch them put nails in his hand. Nobody comes back from that. When the Romans do it, they do it. I saw them put nails in his feet. Nobody comes back from that. I saw them pierce his side. Nobody comes back from this. So unless, unless I put my hands in the holes that was in his hand. I'm not going to do this anymore. Don't tell me to turn around three times unless I put my hand. it's going to count for something because everything I got was on him <laughs> didn't have a backup plan so I'm at a place in my life I don't have anything else to go back to show up for you if you have faith he's going to show up for you if you trust him but the Bible says eight days later the doors were shut the doors were shut and here comes Jesus walking through closed doors Somebody, your fear has been a door. You've been pessimistic and it's been a door. You've, you've had up walls because of past hurts and disappointments. And you say, if it was going to happen, it ain't going to happen for me because my faith is just, my faith is just messed up right now. When you encourage somebody and tell them, God is not intimidated. I'm speaking to somebody who have quit in their head more times than they did out of their mouth. 
comes Jesus. He didn't come this time for Peter. <laughs> didn't come for John or Thaddeus or Bartholomew. Didn't come for James. He said, Thomas, put your hand right here. Hey, Lord be to God. Somebody reach up and touch him right now. He says, put your hand Put your hand right here. I'll show you. I'll show you. You need to see something? I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you my hand. I'll show you. I'll show you my hand. You need to see something? I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm not intimidated about where you are. I'm not intimidated with your thought process. I know what you're going through because I went through it with you. Hey. This message uh, was not about Thomas because Thomas already recovered. The Bible says they call Thomas Didymus, which means twin. This message was from Thomas's twin. You're in the room. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We pray something was said to encourage you to keep going. Make sure that you share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. And whatever you do, keep going.